Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Happy Thursday, everyone. And to my U.S. listeners, happy 40 days until the primary election. I can't believe it's almost November. We're almost there. And I just want to say, uh, you know, as a kickoff to this podcast, if you are not registered to vote and you are U.S.-based and are able to vote, please register right here, right now. Like, click out of this podcast or do it while you're listening, and it literally takes five minutes. Just make sure you are registered. And if you are registered, make sure that you have a voting plan in place and you know how you're going to vote, whether it be by mail or in person, all the options you have. Just make sure you have that all figured out. Checking your registration status, registering if you're not already registered, checking dates for your respective state, making a voting plan. All of these things are so easy to do on vote.org. Highly recommend checking out this site. It's just like no frills, very easy to get straight you know, to the point of what you need. And I like the site. So check that out if you guys just need any sort of support for your votes. I know it can be kind of stressful and confusing, especially with each state having different guidelines and different, you know, specifications and such. But make sure you're registered. Just wanted to flag that at the beginning of the episode for all of my U.S. listeners. I realize there's a lot of non-U.S. listeners. Um, Non-U.S. listeners encourage your U.S. friends to register to vote. It's very simple and just such a no-brainer. Anyway, so... Now that that is out of the way and we discussed that, I'm definitely going to bring it up, you know, multiple times throughout the next few weeks and months and just really, you know, make sure that voting is top of mind. But, you know, alas, we have some more things to discuss in this episode. So today we're going to talk about so many fun things. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I am obsessed with fun facts and just like little tidbits and gems of things that I would never normally know and I love just like pulling these out as like party tricks like oh like did you know like that's my favorite thing to say at parties like did you know and like you know fun facts and I have so many to share with you guys so that's going to be part of the episode then I'm also going to talk a little bit about this theory that I recently discovered called the shopping cart theory basically what you do when no one is looking um, we're taking a little break from the full-fledged stories about historical figures but I'm going to touch a little bit on a an artist, a surrealist artist named Rene Magritte and a quote that he said recently, or not recently, lol, he's been dead for a long time, that I've discovered recently of his from way back and we're going to talk about that too. So yeah, but before we get into all that, I do want to talk about something that I've gotten so many DMs about recently and that is my stick and poke tattoo. So I am team tatted, I officially have a tattoo And it was an interesting experience because it was a stick and poke tattoo. My friend Leah is actually, she's training to be a tattoo artist. She's very passionate about tattoos and design and things like that. And so she has started out her career with stick and poke and she is so good at it. So she came over and we all got stick and poke tattoos. We were fully sober. We were just like 
everyone's getting one. It started out with one of us getting one, and then we were all like, oh, well, I mean, come on. So I don't want to say that stick and poke takes the place of professional tattoos. I think professionals, my cousin's a tattoo artist, and I have so much respect for him. So don't want to, you know, people to think that I'm saying stick and poke is the only tattoo to get because, of course, there's so many people that are very, you know, artistic out there. But my friend Leah, incredible. She gave me three dots on my ring finger of my right hand. Um, and this finger, I actually, so you guys know I have eczema and I struggle with eczema. This finger, I notoriously have like really bad eczema on, but the reason it's so bad is because I pick at it. It's really bad. I like need to stop doing it. So I thought that if I got a tattoo on this finger, you know, and I'm showing it off or I'm just, people are asking about it, whatever, I'll stop picking. And lo and behold, I have, and it's looking so much better already. So that's just like an added bonus, but it's three dots in a, I guess, vertical row. And symbolically, it means my mom, my dad, and my sister. So they're with me always on my hand. As I'm working, I see it. But for the most part, it's like pretty much just for me because it's not super noticeable. It could just be like three freckles in a row if someone just like glanced at it. Um, I'm not, I mean, I love tattooing. I love or I love designing tattoos, but I'm not a huge like committal person myself with tattoos like I can't bring myself to commit to certain things um you know that are inked forever so you guys know I think I discussed it last episode or one before that my sister got a tattoo that I designed for her and I was like sweating as she was texting me like I'm getting this done I'm like forever like forever and ever like it's just crazy to me so this is like a small step you know small little dipping my toe in the water of getting tattoos but yeah this one I'm obsessed with it still my friend Julia got a sun on the back of her ankle, like a half sun. It looks really cool. And then my friend Chi Chi got a wave on her ankle. And Emily, she got a star on the inside of her ankle. So if you guys want to see these, I have a highlight saved on my Instagram page called Stick and Pokes. So you guys can see. But my friend Leah, she's incredible. Um, she just is like so artistic and has such a good steady hand. So we trusted her. And at the end of the day, it's a finger tattoo. So it's likely it will fade pretty quickly. Leah knows a lot about tattoos. She has like, I think 10 herself. Maybe that's a lot. Okay, maybe like seven. I think because she's like a bunch of finger tattoos, a bunch of like other ones on her body. And she was saying that finger tattoos and tattoos in places where you use your limbs a lot or like your joints or bends, bends in your body and things like that. Um, things that just like move a lot will fade faster. So anyway, we'll see how it goes. I am digging it so far. A lot of people DM me and asked if they're permanent and in theory, yes, but stick and poke tattoos are known to fade on most people quicker than normal, you know, professional tattoos. So this definitely does not take the place of a professional tattoo. Maybe someday if it starts fading a lot, I'll go in and get it professionally inked, but it is literally three dots. So who knows? Anyway, so that is what I got. Thank you to Leah. She's probably not listening to this, but shout out to Leah, Leah Reed on Instagram. Yeah. So I guess we can like carry on with the episode. I just felt like I needed to say that because I'm now a member of team tatted, uh, that hashtag that everyone uses. My sister, I like texted her a picture of my tattoo and I'm like team tatted. And she's like, really Katie, like a week after I get mine, you have to get one. Like, come on. And I'm like, yep. Yep. Blotty sisters are rebellious these days. Quarantine is hitting different. Anyway, so carrying on with this episode, I am, guys, I'm so excited. I have like chills because I'm so excited to share the next 
fit with you guys. So I don't know if you know this about me either, but I love Reddit. I'm obsessed with Reddit. I have certain subreddits that I am just so obsessed with. I maybe will do an episode on the subreddits that I love, but you guys know I love history. I love fun facts. Now you know that. I love Reddit. So I discovered, well, I discovered this probably a couple of years ago, but there's this really awesome subreddit called Uh, Today I Learned, T-I-L, and I'm trying to think of a good way to describe this Reddit to you guys. So it's really just a kind of, it's it's miscellaneous fun facts all in one place, but they are short, quick to the point, and you can like click to expand it and see a discussion with really smart people like linking their sources and it's just like little mini gems of fun facts and I love these things. So Definitely check it out. I'm going to read my favorites from the last week to you guys today. But before I do, I just want to say, if you guys have seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix, it's a documentary and it's about The Social Dilemma. So like social media dilemma and our phones and how we're obsessed with social media and how it dictates our lives and all these things from high up, you know, previous executives at Instagram and Facebook and Google and all those places and I thought it was pretty good honestly I thought I thought it fell flat in some areas um, and I wish they expanded in certain places but for the most part it was good and I enjoyed watching it and one of the guys on there said because he was so obsessed with Reddit that he had a program like make a program to help him like get over his obsession with Reddit like he was that obsessed with the the platform and I feel like I'm getting there I am so obsessed with it so if you guys have any good subreddits you want me to check out definitely dm me because it's quickly taking over my life it's like one of the first things that I check in the morning like when I'm getting you know settled at my workstation getting ready to work I'm like logging into Reddit checking it out you know I don't even post on there I just read But anyway, so I'm about to age you guys with some really great conversation starters. You can use it on a date. I'm going on a date tonight and I might whip some of these out if things get stale in terms of conversation. So let's uh, chat about these. Okay, first one is, today I learned the first public call made from an iPhone was made by Steve Jobs. Not shocking. He called a Starbucks and ordered 4,000 lattes. Then he said, just kidding, and hung up. So the first call from an iPhone was a literal prank call to Starbucks. (laughs) 4,000 lattes. Little did the barista that picked up the phone know that he slash she was talking to Steve Jobs, who is about to change our lives with the iPhone. Crazy. Crazy. Anyway, so that was a good one. Okay, next up on the fun fact list. It takes approximately 75,000 flowers, which need to be plucked by hand, to make just one pound of saffron. This is why the spice is so expensive. I mean, that's an incredible fun fact. (laughs) Anytime there's saffron in anything on the menu, that's what you pull out. (laughs) Next up, okay. Today I learned that an eavesdropper was originally someone who would hang from the eaves, the part of a building that overhangs or meets the walls to hear what's going on inside. And that is where the term eavesdropper comes from. It's pretty cool. Today I learned baguette in French actually translates to, quote, baton, wand, or stick. The baguette was called une baguette de paienne, I think that's how you say it, a baton of bread. Its name was shortened over time to just baguette. Next up, today I learned Louisiana is the only state in the U.S. that completely forbids owning human bones. I mean, I would hope it's, like, forbidden everywhere unless you've earned a certain career, but that is interesting that it's the only state. I wonder why. Today, I learned that a man attempted to sue his date for texting throughout the movie they went to. 
He wanted to sue her for $17.31, which is the price of the movie ticket. He says that she texted, quote, all throughout the movie, but also says that she left after 15 minutes. She says she paid him back, and he's upset because getting the money back wasn't, quote, the outcome he had hoped for. So it seems like someone was a little butthurt um, or chose a really bad movie. But this, honestly, this one reminded me of this date that I went on back in, I would say this is like the end of high school. It was my only date that I went on in high school because I wasn't very, um, I don't know, wasn't very like out there in the dating scene in high school. It's probably one of the only ones I went on. And it was with one of my close friends at the time. We're not extremely close to this day, but at the time we were inseparable. And it was one of those things where she was really into this guy and he had a friend and she was like, come with me, please. I don't want to go alone. It's to a movie. Like, I don't want to go alone. So I was like, okay, sure. So, you know, we're on this, this double date and I'm sitting next to this guy. I didn't really think he was very cute, but I was trying to be nice to my friend. And, you know, she was sitting next to her guy and it was like, she was on the end. Then her guy was next to her and I was next to him. And then my guy was on the other end. So we were kind of like bookended in there. Okay. I kid you not. We're like halfway through the movie and I guess he wasn't like making any advances on her or something because you know how like during movies like back in the day and I guess still now people like canoodle you know try to hold hands and all that and I feel something like trying to like grab my knee and I like look over and it's literally her date like trying to feel me up like in the middle of this movie and I, I swear we went to see some like animated film like it wasn't even like it was like kind of childish it was like Incredibles or something I don't even know and I was like are are you kidding me and I like was mortified because it was dark yeah but like you know there's people around and I looked at him like dead in the eyes and I like shoot his hand away and I was just like shocked and then after the movie he like pulls me aside and he's like hey Katie like can I get your number like in front of my oh my god it was a nightmare worst date ever because I mean he like my guy was like turned off that he like got in a fight with his friend over it and then like my friend was mad at me and like it was just this whole ordeal that was my first experience with a movie date so that just reminded me of that (laughs) anyway yeah this guy fully attempted to sue like there's paperwork to prove that he tried to sue his date for not having a successful movie date, like just leaving either 15 minutes in or texting all throughout the movie. Either way, doesn't sound like it went well. So the next one is about a fruit that many of you guys probably know about. Some of you guys might be allergic to, but it's a great fruit nonetheless. Pomegranates have diverse cultural religious significance as a symbol of life and fertility owing to their many seeds, but also as a symbol of power, blood, and death. So the next time you're eating a pomegranate, think about that. Okay, today I learned a chocolate river existed in 1971. The famous chocolate river from the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory film was made with 15,000 gallons of water mixed with chocolate and cream. The river spoiled fairly quickly due to the cream and the cast said it smelled really bad. Okay, this is one of my favorites. So today I learned that Columbia Pictures was doubtful that Kevin Bacon was attractive enough to play the lead role in Footloose. So he's the main guy in the 1984 version of Footloose. The then studio head, Don Steele, went around the lot flashing a photo of Bacon asking, is he fuckable? So I'm picturing him like going around this like movie set lot of like all these trailers and people like getting their hair and makeup done and all that and just like flashing a picture of this guy and saying, 
Would you fuck him? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Kevin Bacon's like my cup of tea, but he definitely was a looker back in the day, like for this film in the 80s. So anyway, impeccable hair. So continuing. Today I learned that Victoria's Secret bombshell perfume repels mosquitoes. And in this, the subreddit for this one, or like the, the thread for this one, there was a like chart showing like all of the different kinds of mosquito repellent you can get and then bombshell versus those and bombshell honestly repels the same amount of mosquitoes as like one of the leading mosquito repellents like out or something I forget what it's called but I thought that was so funny because I used to wear bombshell perfume in middle school and probably parts of high school like I thought it smelled so good in that like little pink bottle like I still if I smell it it would just like take me back to the locker room, like in between classes, after gym. Isn't it crazy? I was actually talking to my friends about this the other day that at least in the US, after gym, which was like halfway through the day for most of us, we would have to go to class after that and like be sweaty and like sit in class. And like, how crazy is that? We didn't have showers, or I guess we did, but maybe no one used them. We like didn't shower. I don't think we had showers that worked, at least at my uh, public high school and middle school. But isn't that crazy that we were like expected to just like sit through class? Like I can barely, I have to like hop in the shower as soon as I work out these days because I'm so sweaty. Like I just think that that's wild that we just like, that was fine, I guess somehow. But anyway, I would douse myself with bombshell perfume after gym class and honestly just like between classes, you know, I'd make sure I'm always smelling nice and it wouldn't really last that long, I felt, but yeah, bombshell perfume. I thought I was like the sexiest person ever, but really I was um, just trying to layer my shirts correctly because that was the, the trend back then and fold over my yoga pants. Anyway, so carrying on with more fun facts. Next up we have, today I learned that the Thai word for five is ha. So Thai internet slang for laughing is five, 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 five. That's good to know. Okay, today I learned King Louis XV was stabbed in an assassination attempt, and fearing that he was about to die, he called his wife into his room and confessed to numerous affairs, asking for forgiveness before he died. His thick winter clothes protected him from the stabbing, and the wound was only superficial. He survived. After airing all of his dirty laundry, he had to live with that. So Today I learned when filming Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix... Helena Bonham Carter, who plays Bellatrix Lestrange, accidentally ruptured Neville Longbottom's eardrum when she struck her wand in his ear. Love that. I will forever love Harry Potter movies. Um, I'm not too happy with J.K. Rowling right now. I don't think any of us really are. I think it's a huge disappointment what she's been saying, but I do love Harry Potter, and I feel like those actors are so talented, and that just made me laugh because I can just imagine like how that went. Okay, next one. Today I learned that the I love you in all caps was one of the world's most destructive computer viruses. Created by Filipino college student Onel de Guzman, the computer worm caused about 5.5 to 8.7 billion in damages worldwide. This led the Pentagon, CIA, and other corporations to shut down their mail systems. So this one was interesting. I mean, the name I love you just made me think that there's got to be a story here. Like, did someone break his heart and he's like, I have to invent a virus called I love you? Like, maybe there's like two computer hackers that fell in love. Like, I'm seeing a love story unfolding from here and that he created this computer virus, I love you, to con- like to show his love for his 
his woman or man. This episode of Thick and Thin is sponsored by Gladskin. And let me tell you a little bit about them. So I personally don't know about you guys, but I love good news in my life. And earlier this year, I made a YouTube video where I opened up about my biggest insecurities. It was super difficult for me to film, but I felt like it would really help so many people. And it really did. And the video was actually all about my struggles with eczema, which has bugged me for years. I've had the most horrendous, just painful eczema on my hands, on my arms, on my face, under my eyes, just really in various parts of my body and it's been a massive insecurity of mine. I've had to cover up my body with clothing and just different accessories, just being so fearful that people would see my eczema and not to mention it was super uncomfortable. And I discovered Gladskin Eczema Cream about like six months ago I think now and it's really changed my life. Gladskin scientists actually found that nearly all people with eczema have a bacterial imbalance in their skin meaning their skin's microbiome is just out of whack and Gladskin eczema cream with microbalance is so much more than just another moisturizer on the shelf. It works by rebalancing your skin's microbiome and providing relief from that itchy redness situation that I just I know so well because I've experienced it my whole life with eczema and I noticed a huge transformation in my skin after only two days of using it. It's just amazing how quickly and efficiently it works. Um, it's a really unique product and I've noticed so much change in my skin. I use it twice a day or more than that sometimes and it's just really unique. It's um, already been a proven solution for eczema relief in Europe for five years and it just became available in the U.S. this year. Wish I knew about it sooner. It's different from steroids and traditional over-the-counter moisturizers because they don't rebalance the skin microbiome. What's worse, they actually contain preservatives, which kills all the bacteria, even the good bacteria that's needed for healthy skin. So I like to say that Gladskin works smarter, not harder, making it safe for everyone, even little babies as young as three months old. You just apply it twice a day, daily, even on sensitive areas like eyelids. I get it super bad right underneath my eyes and it's a really sensitive area and I don't find that it really irritates my skin at all. It doesn't at all. I have very sensitive skin. And even when your skin feels fine or you have no flare-ups, it's good just to use as a moisturizer. Um, it can be used proactively to keep eczema under control and you can't overuse it. That's not a thing. So it's free of steroids, fragrances, preservatives, and drying alcohols. It's been clinically proven to reduce eczema itch and redness. And there are no drug side effects. It's been clinically tested. It's hypoallergenic, dermatologist recommended, and accepted by the National Eczema Association. And you can get it shipped right to your door at gladskin.com and it's backed by the Gladness Guarantee. You can try it risk-free for 60 days. Love it or your money back. If you guys suffer from eczema or know someone that does, definitely try out Gladskin. I have been such a proponent of it for so long because I believe that it truly does work and I use it myself twice a day. So be sure to check it out, get some for yourself and use my code Katie 10 that's K-A-T-Y 10 for 10% off any $35 plus Gladskin purchase and that includes standard free shipping. So use my code K-A-T-Y 10 on gladskin.com for 10% off. Okay, back into the fun facts. So we have two more. Today I learned that in 2018, three people walked out of a Texas aquarium with a gray horn shark hidden in a baby stroller. When authorities arrived at a suspect's home, they were shocked to find the shark, quote, continuing to thrive in a tank very similar to the one at the aquarium. So my question is, how did they get the shark out of the tank? Like, how did they manage to do that with no one around and no one seeing this happen? Like, that's what shocks me. So, okay. 
bizarre. And also, how do they like get it out of there without water getting all over the place? Like, I, I have a lot of questions, but that's interesting. I wonder what happened after that. <laughs> okay, today I learned that on Disneyland opening day in 1955, there was a shop called The Wizard of Bras, an intimate apparel store on Main Street. It lasted less than a year. I mean, that one just made me made me chuckle because the Wizard of Bras, like that's just the most amazing play on words. There's got to be like a Karen somewhere complaining about that. You know, the kids. What would the children think? Anyway. All right. So that is it for my uh, little slew of fun facts. I hope you guys learned something and have some nice little party tricks to pull out now um, or just first date uh, concepts to discuss. And now we're going to go on to the next topic, which is the shopping cart theory. I am so excited to talk about this because it is so interesting. So in my house, we have kind of a ritual of every Monday afternoon, we go to Trader Joe's and we stock up our fridge with five girls living under one roof. We have to get a lot of food very frequently. So every Monday afternoon, two of us go, we take shifts and we go. Um, It's a very interesting situation here because there's like a line that wraps around the street in front of our Trader Joe's but if you go at like a certain time on Monday it's great and Monday is apparently the day they restock so there's always like fresh stuff and like a lot of what we what we need there's always gnocchi and all the essentials so last Monday Hannah and I it was our turn to go so we went to Trader Joe's and as you know we were wrapping up our adventure and I was returning the cart I was thinking about the whole concept of returning the cart like Do I need to do it? Not necessarily. Will I feel better if I do it? Maybe. But for the most part, it's just like it's ingrained in my head that I always put the cart back after I use it, like after the shopping trip is over. But it occurred to me that a lot of people don't return the shopping cart. They'll just like leave it like stranded in the parking lot or half ass, you know, take it halfway and then just like leave it or try to give it to someone else. I guess during these times it's like not kosher but yeah and that led me to do a little bit of research and actually I do recall one of you guys sent this to me via DM like months ago and it just kind of all clicked together the shopping cart theory so I researched this I'll put the sources in the show notes but based on this theory quote to return the shopping cart is an easy convenient task and one which we all recognize as correct the appropriate thing to do to return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as a apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. And I think about it as also like, you know, what do you do when no one's necessarily watching you? Like no one's, I mean, some people, I guess, in certain situations, but for the most part, it's like no one's watching you and how you do this. Like you could easily just abandon the cart next to your car and no one would really be the wiser, I guess, aside from a few people that like work at the store. But for the most part, it's like something you, it's kind of like, you know, if a tree falls and there's no one there to hear it, like that sort of situation slash just like there's really no motivation and it's just something where, you either do it or you don't, and there's no real penalty if you don't. So it's just about being a good person, I guess. Um, and, you know, if there's no motivation, selfish motivation, last last week we talked all about this, um, you know, why do you do it? And some people do it because they know it's the right thing to do because they don't want the judgment or disproving glances from other shoppers. They don't want the bad karma in their life. But it begs the question, what do you do when no one is looking? 
And in my research, I discovered this TikTok. Um, the creator of the TikTok was underscore underscore Ashley. She did this whole thing on the matter. Um, and she said, quote, the shopping cart test is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. And that made me think because, you know, there's been a lot of talk about self-governance lately and, you know, doing the right thing and people being racist and all these freaking things. And, you know, it's given me, honestly, less less faith in humanity as things have just, like, come out and people's true colors are showing because self-governance means exercising control over your own, your affairs and not needing help or intervention from some higher power or authority. And I just don't think that, at least in the U.S., that we'll ever be the kind of society that can put a lot of power in self-governance because the honor system, like, I feel like it's just not something that everyone abides by. Like, there's good people, obviously, but then there's also really bad people that disguise themselves as good people. And you, you, I mean, honestly, with the upcoming election and a lot of stuff just, like, floating in the air right now, it makes me think really critically about... The people that I grew up with, the people that I, you know, my friends' parents and like, you know, who they're voting for and like, you know, all these things. And I'm like, you know, maybe all the things and all the people that were bright and shiny when I was a kid, like, aren't so great. I mean, you hear about it all the time. It's like your your elementary school teacher, like, is busted for having child pornography and, you know, a number of things. And it's, you have to know that there's some like people out there that, you think you're good and they're not. And a lot of it is rooted in what they do when no one is watching. What do they do? What do they think about? What do they obsess over when they are not being watched or applauded and are just doing something? And so that brings me back to the shopping cart. I'm back at Trader Joe's and I'm taking my cart in and it just, it occurred to me that not everyone in this world is the kind of person that will take the cart back. And I think for a long time when I was younger, I thought everyone would. I thought that everyone would do the right thing. And as I've gotten older and as I've gotten wiser and more in tune with the rest of the world, and even in like the dating scene, in my friendships, I've noticed that I've come in contact with so many people that definitely don't take the cart in, (laughs) that definitely leave the cart stranded in the parking lot because they have no regard (laughs) for you know, other people, if it doesn't benefit them in the moment and it isn't like directly impacting someone's life, I guess, but you know, someone's going to have to spend an extra couple minutes in the parking lot grabbing your cart. So I just want to, you know, place this in your minds. Think about it. Think about what you do when no one's watching. Think about your relationship with the shopping cart. What do you do when you're in the parking lot? Like, how do you treat the shopping cart? <laughs> I can't believe we're talking like, psychologically about you know in deep on deep terms about shopping carts right now but we are anyway so that was just something I was thinking about earlier this week and I wanted to just plant that in your mind and next let's move on to something a little bit artsy so I read this quote recently and I did a little video on this also that I posted yesterday Um, I feel like a lot of you guys will probably miss that video or not see it just because it's on journaling, which I know is kind of like a more niche audience, but I talked about something really important in that video, 
which is a quote that I recently stumbled across from René Magritte. And René Magritte was a Belgian surrealist artist. And surrealism, for those of you who might not be aware of what it is, you've definitely seen it if you've taken any sort of art course because it was a huge topic of discussion in many of these classes that I was in. And it's basically when in art the artist pairs things together that don't really exist together normally and that are kind of shocking or bizarre. And yeah, so you can definitely look up examples. There's like Salvador Dali's melting clocks in the desert, that sort of thing. There's so many different artists that were so prominent at the time that did surrealist art. And so Rene Magritte was one of the famous ones. And his thing was painting normal things into like abnormal or bizarre situations um, and just things that didn't make sense, you know, at first glance and you kind of have to really think about it, tilt your head a certain way, look at it, kind of make your own kind of rationalization of it. And it's a unique experience for every person that looks at his art. So that's why I like him a lot. And he said, the purpose of art is mystery. And this really struck me because... As of late, I've really been kind of drilling this into my head and reminding myself, journaling often about this, the idea that my my life is a work of art. It is something that is not going to happen overnight. It is something that is consistently a work in progress that I'm constantly touching up and you know working on and reinventing. And it's just a a forever mold, forever developing work of art and I've really been viewing my life that way and so after seeing this quote it really did get the gears turning that the purpose of art is mystery and so in saying that my life is a work of art something that's ever-changing imperfect never finished you know I'm also saying and kind of accepting the idea that my life is also mystery it's shrouded in a lot of mystery and there's a lot of things I don't know a lot of answers Uh, I don't have or I guess I have a lot of questions with no answers rather and I honestly this gets me really worked up sometimes because I I I feel very insecure about this like I would love to just have all the answers and when someone asks me where do you see yourself in five years I want to have an answer for them I want when I'm asked in interviews I'm asked this constantly in interviews what does the future hold or like what is a future goal of yours and I always want it to slide off the tip of my tongue and just like be effortless and I have strong conviction in whatever I say but that's not always the reality a lot of times I'm like you know what I don't really know like I don't even know if what I'm doing right now is the right thing and I have so many questions and not a lot of answers and for a long while and still to this day I'm still working on it now I've let this terrify me and not inspire me, not empower me. This episode of Thick and Thin is sponsored by Pros, and you guys know I love Pros. I have their products in my shower as we speak. Just used them prior to recording this episode. I showered with them. Incredible products. But if you guys don't know, Pros creates customized hair care products for people, not hair types. That's their whole operation. You'll never have to compromise on healthy hair goals with Pros because every product's formula is made especially with you in mind. They're freshly made to order products products are designed to transform with you through seasonal and lifestyle changes. And so they create custom shampoo and conditioners based on your personal hair analysis and their algorithm. And their online consultation dives into every factor that affects your personal hair health. There's very, you know, interesting questions on their quiz that I've never seen another brand do before where they ask about, you know, air pollution in your area and how much sun you're getting and just really every factor that goes into your hair health. And with over 50 billion 
Korean formula combinations. The result is a unique blend of ingredients that caters to your every strand and follicle. And PRO stands by clean and responsible beauty as well. Every formula is sustainably sourced and cruelty-free, which I really admire. And they can accommodate virtually every preference, including vegan, gluten-free, and more. And they're super evolutionary. Their customization process goes beyond the initial consultation. With every single order, they're optimizing formulas based on lifestyle and seasonal changes in your area. And every bottle is made to order. Not to mention, the bottles are so cute. They have your name on them. They're aesthetically pleasing. They look nice in the shower, which is important to me, so I feel like I must note that. They look amazing. And I really have seen a nice change in my hair. I find that my hair has gotten shinier over time using their products. So to take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today, just go to pros.com slash katie. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash K-A-T-Y for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. This quote really did something to me because it made me realize that that's so true. I mean, the purpose of art is mystery. When you look at a piece, it shouldn't be obvious what you're looking at necessarily. And if it is kind of an obvious scene, there should be something about it that makes you think and the gears turn and, you know, it's going to be a different experience for everyone. And there is kind of an element of mystery. Like you see a, you know, maybe a woman in a picture frame, like in a museum, and you wonder like, okay, well, who did this? What were they going through? Was this woman a real person? There's plenty of mystery. You know, what is she looking at into the distance? And so you can say the same about your life. Your life, being a work of art, is mysterious because I've said this before, who wants a, a story that is so linear and so boring? You don't want that. Trust me, you don't want that. You want there to be some zest, some exciting twists and turns in your life. And granted, they won't always be great and fine and dandy, but the ending or just, you know, where you'll get will be sweet. I know it. I have strong conviction in it. And it might not look how you think it will. But this just really struck me. Um, And something else about Magritte that I found out as I was researching him Um, He actually, so he had a complicated relationship with his muse, model, and wife, Georgette. I'm going to link the source for this in the show notes, but if you Google The Lovers, it's a painting, you've probably seen this one maybe, of two people kissing with these opaque cloths over their heads. They're like kissing through these cloths. Um, A lot of people, a lot of photographers have recreated this with, you know, modern people, but this, uh, this painting was most likely inspired by Georgette, his muse, model, and wife. And it's said that they met, they first fell in love and met um, at a local fair. And they were separated and reunited years later at an art supply store in Brussels. That's how they met. And then they met again at an art supply store, which is fitting, and fell in love that way. And almost 15 years into their marriage, he actually began an affair oh my God, shocking, with a young artist. And he enlisted a friend, this is crazy, to entertain his wife and prevent her from finding out about the affair. And this resulted in an affair between the friend and Georgette. So there was like two affairs going on and eventually the couple actually reconciled and stayed together till the end of Magritte's life. So I just can't imagine that whole ordeal. Like they fell in love with different people, but it somehow brought them back together. Like how crazy. Anyway, that's just kind of an aside. But regardless, 
the purpose of art is mystery. I think that that is something that I need to remind myself of for the rest of this year and into next. And I think a lot of you guys have honestly noticed this about me, but ever since I started viewing my life, I said this in a previous video, but you know, as less of a, a blueprint, as less of a checklist and more of a blank page where art can happen and take form, you know, that's kind of shifted into me viewing my life as a work of art. And in doing so, I feel like a part of me has just gotten lighter. Like I feel as though a huge weight has been lifted and I just feel like I can do more of what I love without the fear of failing and without the fear of not doing enough. And I just somehow feel like ever since leaving New York, and I don't think it's necessarily about the place as much as just the feeling or the way that I was, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it could be living with roommates now and just getting constant having that communication element and just the the human contact really does help but I overall just think it's been a mindset shift that I've had to consciously intentionally work on and in viewing my life in this different way I feel like a part of me has just become so much lighter and brighter and happier and I think that 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 happened when I started training myself out of thinking of all the things that I need to do and all the to-dos, all of these things. Like, I mean, of course you have to take responsibility and get things done, but to some extent you, you can't put too much on your plate. I've been actually practicing the Pomodoro technique, which I just posted something on my Patreon today about this, and it's such an interesting concept. So I designed a worksheet that you can use to follow this on my Patreon. So it's the $5 tier on Patreon. Check it out. But just to give you a little bit of background as far as what the Pomodoro technique is. So it was developed by Francesco Cirillo in the late 1980s and it's named after a tomato shaped kitchen timer. It's called the Pomodoro Technique, and it's a time management method that uses a timer to break down work into intervals, traditionally 25 minutes in length, separated by short breaks. And essentially, you write down a list of tasks for the day, and I designed a task list. You guys can download, print, all the things. And I usually limit myself to about six tasks a day. Granted, some of them are tiny, some of them are maybe a little bit more time consuming, but all of which can usually be done in 25 minutes or, you know, two sets of 25. So, you know, you can break it into two, but you pick one task to focus on. You set a timer for 25 minutes then you work on that task until the timer stops and you make sure your phone is far away. Do not work on anything else. Don't even talk to anyone else until the task is, you know, until the 25 is over and the task is done. Then you check off the task if it's finished. Then you take a 5 to 10 non-working break. No work. So you can breathe, meditate, get a cup of coffee, go for a walk, or do something else that's relaxing and it just recharges your brain. And then you pick the next task and begin the 25-minute timer again. And then you repeat for three more tasks. And after four rounds, treat yourself to a 30-minute break, non-work break. And there's a lot of variations of this. You could even do it in 90-minute intervals if your work takes a bit longer. Um, I find that 25 works great for me because I just have a lot of just like little tasks, little things I don't want to do that I just, I need to do. And if I set a timer, I find that I'm more motivated to do it. It's so interesting. And Francesco, the founder of the technique says, quote, learn how to work together with time, eliminate burnout, 
manage distractions, and create a better work-life balance using only a pen, some paper, and a kitchen timer. And that is the Pomodoro technique. So you can Google more details about this, but that has really honestly helped me also just tackle my work, get less overwhelmed with like all these things going on, and just manage my time better. And it's made me happier, truly. I highly recommend it. So that is something else I've been doing to kind of just make myself a bit lighter and brighter these days and get my shit done. So guys, that brings us to the end of our episode. I hope you all enjoyed today's chat about fun facts, shopping carts, um, surrealism, art, all the things. I would not have it any other way. I love my hodgepodge of just random random stuff in the episode. So yeah, next week I'll hopefully be back with another kind of long-winded storytelling episode. I've taken a little break because I just did like three in a row and I was just exhausted. Um, Telling someone's story, it's a huge undertaking. I don't want to mess it up. So yeah, thanks for bearing with me and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And yeah, like I said in the beginning, don't forget to register to vote. It's important, US people and those who are eligible. Um, So yeah, talk to you guys all next Thursday. Bye. Yes, world from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.